A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Movember Radio. I'm Washi Gensberg. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. This is a weekly conversation with someone from the Movember community, a community of over 5 million people worldwide that care about changing the face of men's health each and every week. We talk with someone from that community who's passionate about changing the face of men's health, and this week is no different. You can subscribe to the show in the podcast app of your choice. Also find us on SoundCloud. Search for us on Facebook or MovemberRadio.com today. Our guest is Cleto Escobedo III. You may know him as the leader of Cleto and the Cletones house band at Jimmy Kimmel Live, where they shoot every day of the week, Hollywood, California. Cleto's got a great story, part of which involves him being hired for his now job by his childhood best mate, Jimmy Kimmel. And then Cleto himself hired his father, Cleto Jr., to play sax in the band. Quite a workplace. I spoke with Cleto in the green room at Jimmy Kimmel Live in Hollywood, California. It's got a bit of an echo, but as luck would have it, his dad was also in the room. And right at the very end, he managed to chime in with some absolute words of wisdom. I hope you enjoy the show. How are you, Cleto? Good, how are you? I'm really good. Can you uh, tell the folks listening all around the world where you are right now? I'm in uh, uh, Hollywood, California at the uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live Studios. Uh, getting ready to do a show in about two hours. Our fabulous Hollywood uh, Halloween show. So we're all dressed up. Tonight we have a Star Wars theme. So uh, I'm C-3PO. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, so it's going to be challenging to play my saxophone tonight. Uh, it's not exactly a regular day because you're going to be dressed as a, as a 70s robot. Right. What's a regular day like there for you? A regular day, I, I come in about 10, I go to the production meetings, see what kind of stuff is going on during the day, whether we have any pre-tapes or uh, whatever we have to do during the day. Then we go to Jimmy's rehearsal, then we do our band rehearsal, we pick all the songs that we're going to be playing uh, you know, for each bump, each breakout, and uh, also what we're going to walk on some of the guests with and all that stuff. And then we... We rehearse if we, I mean, we, we usually rehearse, but then if we have a, other extra bits to do or to record, we'll do that during the day, and then we tape around 5 o'clock. So sometimes we ha- our days are a lot slower than others, but today's a pretty good one because we have a lot of stuff to do. Hang on, so you're telling me that between Jimmy's rehearsal and the show, you and the band learn every single intro and outro of every break and every walk-on? Well, I mean, we, we have like a, a library of stuff. So okay. we, we <laughs> When when there's new stuff, we'll learn it. But okay. we don't play new stuff every night, you know. So we yeah, have of like course. a rotation, if you will. So how does what you're doing right now, Halloween costumes aside, how does what you're doing right now reflect what you thought you'd be doing when you were this age when you were a kid? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of an odd place to land, you know. To, we would have loved to have been rock star guests on Jimmy's show, you know. But uh, 
didn't work out that way. But we all had a, I don't know where everybody thought they were going to end up, but myself, I was, you know, I bopped around and I had a record deal, lost that, did a bunch of other stuff. And then uh, one of my pals got a TV show and <laughs> called me up. <laughs> we'll get to that later, but I'll put it to you that you may want to have been a rock star guest on Jimmy's show. But in my opinion, my humble, as, as a, someone who gave up music myself, because I just didn't want to be it, I didn't want to be at a van that long. Uh-huh. No, I got you. <laughs> I'm a bass player, and a bass player without a band is a lonely man, let me tell you. <laughs> You've probably had a longer career in music than many of the people that you started with. Yeah, well, I've been fortunate. I started out uh, playing in Las Vegas and like cover bands, and so there, was, there used to be a lot of work there, but it was a great training ground for, I started when I was like 19. It was a really good training ground because you played so many sets, and you're like, you know, six sets a night, six nights a week, you're always working, you're always singing, you're always playing, so it's a good way to build up your, you know, your music chops and your the, just the stamina of playing a bunch you know like when i came out here we do one gig two sets and i was like what that's it this is great <laughs> but uh yeah it is a, an odd place to land but it, it's been a really really great place to land and it, it, i have a family now too and you know to be on the road to have to leave them would be very hard so to be able to come to be essentially a nine to five gig Every day, still play music. I'm still playing with all my best friends. I, my father's in the band, so I play with my family. And, you know, my childhood best friend is the host. So it's like, you know, it's kind of a win-win. It's a great place to have landed, you know. So hopefully you can milk it for a few more years. Oh, mate, I hope so as well. You uh, you mentioned that your dad's in the band. Well, oh, that's a magnificent thing. I, I love that that's the case. You you did see him when you were a kid. He's, he's a musician as well. What did he – can you basically tell us a bit about the relationship that, that you had with your dad growing up? We, we were very close. My, I mean – one of the reasons it's so great to have him in this band in this situation that he quit playing he for the same reason i said i I like having this gig he wanted to be watch me grow up you know i'm an only child and he just would hate leaving for weeks or months at a time and uh, so he essentially gave up his career for me you know so years later when this came about uh Jimmy was actually the one who was like, hey, let's get your dad, you know, like, let's get your dad to play again. Because he had stopped, he, he had had a career in, in Vegas at a hotel called Caesars Palace for like 30 years, you know. So to be able to hire him for this gig was a really, really fun thing. And, you know, we've been doing it 13 years now. So he got to retire to come to this gig, you know, which is pretty fun. <laughs> That's not bad at all. Some people, they have a, a tricky job. Their, their life is helped by, you know, they jog and it helps them relax or they potter around in the garden it helps them relax. Some people, I've heard so many people lately going, man, colouring in books, best ever, helps them relax. How has music been an outlet for you over the years? Uh, I don't know. It's just been something I, I've always, I've always uh, you know, loved music and I grew up around music, obviously. And uh, like when a lot of kids, I think, would be outside, even though I did like to play baseball and stuff, but like when they'd be outside, I'd be in my room just learning lyrics and singing songs i'd make make i'd make a little makeshift drum kits out of folders cans and i would whatever however i could play you know and then i when i was 11 i started actually playing the saxophone and i started just doing more of that and trying to learn how to play that i'm still trying to learn how to play it but uh, <laughs> your humility is admirable but like i said you've had one of the longest careers around so you know <laughs> i've got lucky and i sing a lot too so i've been able to kind of do both you know so when one wasn't working too much i'd use the other skill so I know you've told this story many times, mate, but here at uh, Movember Radio, we're, we're always talking about how important close relationships between men are for our general well-being and how they contribute to that. Could you tell us about your relationship with, uh, with Jimmy? Yeah, we started we, we, when I was 10 and he was nine, we moved on the same block in Las Vegas. And um, we just kind of became fast friends and we just 
there was some other kids we were kind of friends with, and then but him, him and I just gravitated toward one another. We had the same sense of humor. We liked the same sports, and you know, well back then we we're still playing cowboys and Indians, and you know, all that stuff. But uh, yeah, we just got really close really quick, and uh, we just all through high school, junior high, you know, we we remained friends. We made, we remained friends over the years. Uh, when he, he moved all over the country, kind of uh, as a DJ, and he was he was in radio, and uh, he finally ended up here in Los Angeles. So when he moved here, I was already living here, and he stayed with me for a couple months while he was moving his family. And you know, we've just and he's he was always very supportive of my career when I was you know trying all my stuff, and you know, and vice versa. We've always been kind of cheering each other on, and he just kept his trajectory got a little higher than mine. <laughs> But he was loyal enough and nice enough to, to to call me for this job. He didn't have to do that. He could have tried to find, you know, a more famous, not more a famous musician to do this, you know. Yet he still, I was his first call, and I, I'll, you know, forever grateful for that, you know. I, and I honestly could say that I wouldn't have been offended had he had called Slash or somebody, you know, not that they're going to do that, but you know what I mean. If had he had called, I mean, it, it makes sense, you know. Even best mates, I mean, I know with my the guys I play poker with, even like even we have disagreements. How do you guys deal with it when you uh, don't see eye to eye on everything? You know what? It's kind of funny because it doesn't really matter what I think, seeing as he's the boss. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, sometimes, yeah, there's things I might disagree with as far as if he gives us a, a music note and I think, well, I think it should be like that, but it's not my show. So, you know, and sometimes like song choices he won't dig. Like he called me one time and he was like, you know, he did he wanted us to be have a certain uh, a certain sound, you know, and play certain types of music and stay kind of current and stuff, which is fine. And he wrote me, but I don't want you to play anything you don't want to play. I'm, I want to, you know. And I said, you know what? It, it's your show, dude. I said, I'll play Mary Had Little Lamb and be happy. Yeah, some uh, some choices I, I don't dig, but it's a job, you know. So I want to, first and foremost, I, I want to be, you know, I want to do my job and do it well, you know. Yeah, I've always yeah. kind of been like that at whatever gig I had, you know, so I'm, I'm not going to change it now just because he's my pal, you know. <laughs> I kind of leave the friend hat when I walk into the th- theater, that's, um, I'm employee. <laughs> right. You mentioned earlier that you were able to employ your dad when it came to getting the band together. What's it like to work every day with not only your best friend from childhood, but also your dad. Well, I'm embarrassed him now because he's sitting across the room. But I mean, not because he's my dad, but he's like the nicest guy on the planet. So it's pretty easy, and we've always gotten along, you know, very well. And then I, I noticed a change in our relationship uh, when I became a professional musician myself. Like around 19, we became a lot more friend-like as opposed to an authority figure and telling me what to do. You know, which he was when I was younger. You know, but. It's just it's great, and it's great seeing the pleasure that he has in this job, and and uh, that's a big deal for me to know that my dad's happy and, and having a good time in retirement. You know, which is he's not really, but he has a pretty easy day, and I'm not going to yell at him much. <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn about health and and well being from your dad? Uh, you know what, my dad's always been very healthy, and he's always eaten very healthily, and and. Uh, but I don't know, We've, and I was always active as a kid, and he always helped me with that. He he helped me learn how to play baseball. He you know he he helped me with that. But yeah, he, he's I've learned that learn how to eat well and take care of yourself and all that kind of stuff. And what about you know conversations about looking after yourself and, and taking action and, and and getting checked? You guys keep a keep a lid on that stuff. Yeah, pretty pretty good. He's very good about getting checked too. And so, I mean now I am too with kids. I'm a little a little more stringent than I was when I was. 22 you know <laughs> i'd have to have like 104 fever before i even 
got near a doctor. So I don't think you're alone in that. I think many men, right. many men, often kind of wait till they're you know basically on fire. Right. Before, <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, look, it's only my arm. It's fine." Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're not only are you you know with your dad every day, you're playing every day with a, with a bunch of men, professional men, and you're surrounded by. Could you describe the bond that happens between musicians in that creative space? Yeah, I mean, my guys, we've been playing together almost all of us around 20 years off and on in different situations. And we're like any relationship, we we get along very well. But then, we, you know, we butt heads and then have little spats. And we're like, because we're literally like brothers and or like married, you know, six married guys too to each other. <laughs> so, But we have a lot of fun and we do have a bond, not only just because we're sharing the stage, but like what music we make together. And, you know, and I think we all kind of admire certain aspects of each of one another's playing and, and, mm. and whatever. I mean, I felt my favorite guys when I put the band together. So they're all my favorites. So I hope they're, I hope they're having as good, as good a time as I am. So. You've mentioned a few times, and it sounds like the dream job. It really does. But anything that you take money for eventually becomes work. Oh, yeah. How, how do you get through those days where you're like, man, I just want to be home playing with my kids? Yeah, well, you just it's like anybody else in a, you know, in a cubicle. I, I always, too, I'm... When I'm at work, I go like, well, I'm at, I'm, you know, I'm at work and we're, we're laughing on our chair. We're playing some music. So it's not that bad. Even when it's, we have a rough day or a trying day or whatever, it's still not that bad, you know. But again, it's, I mean, for musicians to have to be somewhere every day, every day, it's, it is odd. Because, you, you know, sometimes you have a couple sessions during the week. Sometimes you'll be really busy. Sometimes you have three days off and you go on tour for a month, you know. So it's very different. But this is so, you know, regimented that it is kind of... We look forward to our weeks off. <laughs> so. At Jimmy Kimmel Live, which uh, for folks outside of the States or who might not have seen it, I'm sure they would have seen at some point some of the content that comes out of that show. But you guys as a team have always stayed ahead of the curve as far as how people get their media on their devices, digital media. And the entertainment world is moving so quickly, but you guys have always managed to keep up. In fact, I'm going to say a little bunch in front. What prompted you to get involved with the Whole World Band crew? Uh, my friend Gregory Butler who was involved, he uh, he called me and asked, he told me about the song Changes and um, asked me if I'd play horns on it. So, I, you know, I said, sure, I, th- I like what you guys are about and everything. So actually my, my keyboard player, Jeff Babco, uh, charted out the stuff for me. So I came in and played his charts. And um, yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience. And so how can people get involved? People are going to hear it and go and they download it. What do they do next? Tell me what the app does, Cleta. Yeah, you can download the app. And then you can play along with the song. You can hum to it. You can lip sync. You can, you know, play fake drums or do whatever you want or add your own instruments as well. And so it's kind of a really it's kind of a fun thing. That becomes a, a video or something that people can share? I believe it does, yeah. And the song is uh, Changes from David Bowie, uh-huh. one of the great saxophone players, one of the great underrated saxophone players. Yeah, he is, he's, yeah he's great. He's a great artist. It's a different way of doing the, the charity single, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's way different. It was really, really cool, though. I like it. When you heard about this, why was it that you wanted to get involved? What was it about the cause that made you go, yeah, I'll come and do that? Well, I'm a man. There's one thing I, I kind of like what the cause is about, and it's you know, it's good to have to you know be healthy and and worry about stuff like that especially now as a father i like i said before i do i'm a little more conscientious about my health yeah what what changed what was the moment that you went oh my maybe i won't have that second steak <laughs> right well you know i noticed how worried my daughter gets about if i'm on a ladder or if i'm you know and she gets so nervous and i just like i never want to see her sad you know so it's like i i, I want to be i want to be able to be around with her for a long time and i don't want 
to be the source of her anguish if I'm eating ribs every night and my heart explodes, you know, so. A definite possibility <laughs> if that's your diet, though. Let's not, let's be honest yeah. about it. Uh, but is this something that, is this something that you saw your father do? Did you see your father kind of take a little more care of himself as, you know, you became more important in his life? Yeah, I think so. I think as he got a little older, he started, you know, really watching what he ate and always went to the doctor and got checked. And yeah. yeah. What about when grandkids started to come into his life? Yeah, that changed, that changed his life. And he's, uh, the the favorite person of my kid, it goes like, it goes grandpa, then my wife, then maybe grandma, then I'm somewhere third or fourth ish, you know. But definitely grandpa is the <laughs> the highlight of the family for them, you know. Three more questions we ask uh, that end every interview that we do. Now, before I get to the first question, how would you describe your trademark facial hair, Cleto? I just have some a little, like a little half goatee that I always keep and. Uh, I've tried to grow a beard. I, I I don't really have a man beard. It's like it's some weird prepubescent bullshit. <laughs> like I'm gonna try to do the Movember thing, but I'm sure it's not gonna look very good. But I'll try it. Movember is specific, and they say we need you to grow a mustache, not a goatee, not a beard. No, I know. I'll, yeah, I'll shave it. You're gonna be all right with that. <laughs> I think so. It'll look funny for a minute, but like like I said, by the time it, November's over, like I'll barely have a mustache because like, it grows so slow. <laughs> And it should look pretty funny because I, I don't grow a good, like, thick one. It's just like... <laughs> so if you could describe the kind of mo that you're going to grow, what do you think you're going to get? What are you going to end up with? I don't know. Pro- just like some stubble that looks mustache ty- mustache-ish. Because I've never really... <laughs> I kind of grew a beard for a minute, but it just didn't. I was like, eh. But, Cleto, it's going to be mustache-ish stubble on national network television every that's night. That's right. And that's what matters. <laughs> Luckily, we have a few days off for Thanksgiving, so I won't have to be... That funny looking for too too many weeks. So. <laughs> and so the second question is, what do you appreciate most in your friends? In my friends, loyalty. I'm an only child, so like when I call someone a friend, I'm very loyal to them, and I, I appreciate when they're loyal to me. And, and you know, the love that, that friends have for one another. And The final question is, if you could call up, get on the phone and, and call up 18-year-old Cleto, what would you tell him? Uh, yeah, well, that's a hard one. Wow. I'll tell him to practice more, <laughs> definitely practice more, and uh, stick with it. Never never give up because a few times during those years, I, I was ready to hang it up, believe me, when I was eating ramen for a week and a half, you know, so... <laughs> Uh, just for folks outside of the U.S., ramen is two-minute noodles. Right. Okay, two-minute noodles. Yeah, the one comes in. It comes in a plastic bag. You crack it in half. You pour the boiling water on top. Boom! Two-course meal. Yep. Is your dad still in the room? Yeah. Can you ask uh, your Cleto three? Could you ask Cleto Junior uh-huh. if he's got any words of advice for the good people of Movember? What would you say to young men that are listening? If he had to pass some words of advice to young men who are listening, what would he say? I think I'll ha- I'll have to repeat what my son said. Keep practicing and uh, just uh, keep doing it, and and don't uh, don't uh, 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 sit on your ass too much, <laughs> like I did. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Have a great show tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great talking to you. You too, Cleto. Bye, mate. And that was Cleto Escobedo. Thank you so much uh, for listening to the show. I'm grateful I could bring this conversation to you, but it should never replace a conversation with your own doctor. If you like the show, you can rate us in iTunes, tell a friend, find us on Facebook, and subscribe. 
in the podcast app of your choice or find us at soundcloud.com and movemberradio.com. Until I speak to you next week, thank you so much for listening. This episode was produced by Lavanya Nagendran, Molly Hindman, Abby Rumery, audio production by Daryl Misson, and music, of course, by Toe Hider. I'm Washer Ginsberg. Thanks for joining us. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.